Amen. Thank you for sparing time to, to come here to the altar. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. The altar time is a very, very important moment in our lives. Especially when we are together. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, we have been using these Fridays uh, in the month of December. Especially for ministers. And uh, Pastor Dennis has been uh, here with us. Especially in the overnights. And sharing with us a number of things. That are building and reordering our footsteps. As God is producing and working a new order in the house. Hallelujah. Today he has, he has failed to make it. That he's with us in spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to endeavor by the grace of God to, to jump into that river which is stirred up. Amen. So that God can continue to work in our ministry. His will and what he wants to build. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you in love with Jesus? Are you on fire? Huh? <laughs> okay. Um, I would like us to open Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. <laughs> In some of the things that have been shared in the past, if, if I were to, to summarize uh, 
much of what pastor has been sharing. I, I see that God is, is trying to recalibrate our spirit man so that we can connect rightly to him and so that we can connect rightly to one another. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, and we have been talking about things like that we deal with our alignment to God. That help us to, to be fully connected to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's nothing that is more fault or under more attack. Nothing that is contended foremost than your ability to connect properly with God. Your ability to connect rightly with the Lord. To have a right, intimate connection with the Lord. Nothing suffers more attack than that part. Hallelujah. The desire for our enemies to see us walking independently of the Lord walking in our own mind independently driven without the inspiration of God. The Bible says there is a spirit in man and the breath of God gives that man inspiration to live your life without the breath the breath of the spirit having that freshness that comes from unbroken connection with God hallelujah so many things in this life are weighing people down and pulling people away from a place of life. Drinking from the fountain. The fountain himself. The well of life. God himself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so it is, it is quite some, some effort you need and a high level of discipline to be able to follow through with your walk with God. Hallelujah. Without discipline and the effort required, you are going to find yourself entangled in life's affairs. Praise the Lord. 
The Bible says that a soldier, a soldier does not entangle himself with life, with civilian affairs or life's affairs. So that he may please the one who enlisted him. The problem is not the affairs of life. The problem is getting entangled. We all have affairs of life. As long as you're in the human body, body, as long as you're walking the earth, you have breath, there are things you must attend to, their responsibilities. But those who have learned the true spiritual walk, those who maintain that connection, have learned never to be entangled with things of life. Do they work? Yes, they work. Do they have people, relationships, families? Yes. Do they have things that they have to develop? Yes. But the difference is they are not entangled. They are not like that rope that is entangled, mixed up. Their work with God is totally separate. From the weights of life. Can I ask a question? Have you learned to live like a soldier without being entangled? Have you learned? Many of us are entangled. Entangled. There's so much in our race that we cannot accomplish. There's so much in our work that we cannot perform. Because we are entangled. Mixed up. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 55, 22 that cast your cares or your burdens. That's what a soldier does. Jesus said, be careful so that the times not come upon you unawares because you are taken by the cares of life. When, when the affairs of life get entangled with your spirit, you will come to worship and you can't worship. Because what is running in your system is chaos. You will try and pray, but your mind will not allow you to pray. Why? You are entangled. It will be time to wake up in the night and pray, and you won't because you are tired. And the reason you are tired is you're entangled. You live and sleep and wake up tired. Because your mind does not rest. You are carrying your burdens. Full time. Full time. It affects your connection. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. If you want to run. 
You need to be light as possible. The spiritual race needs you to be light. You see how those sportsmen put on those light clothing. There are some people who are sportsmen or sportswomen and they failed to run because when they looked at the clothing, they said, I can't go and dress like that. But the reason they dress like that is to be as light as possible. Look at swimmers. Look at how they dress. You won't enter the water in a jumper. However good you are at swimming, that jumper is going to create drag. And Christians, we must learn how to contend for our rest without weight. Hello. Are you people here? You find that a believer cannot sacrifice to be at the altar at the level they are required by the Holy Spirit. Not by any other, by the Holy Spirit. The sacrifice is calling you to pay. You cannot give it. Why? You are not living like a soldier. You are living like a civilian. I think time has come for us to draw a line. Because if we, don't, if we don't draw that line, Satan is going to learn you. He's reading you. He knows. He's going to see the things that disorganize you. He's going to realize that the very blessing God gives you is enough to stop you. The very good things in your life are powerful enough. He doesn't even need to be there. We have to draw a line and say no. There is where this thing stops. I am a soldier. <laughs> okay, let me let me put that one was my word. Let me let me put it aside. Let, I've been speaking to myself. Now let me go to what we are supposed to talk about, maybe. But I was talking about your connection with the Lord has to be protected. And, and we, we talked about humility. We talked about, you know, uh, doing things out of humility, lowliness of mind. We read through Philippians chapter 2 with pastor. We, talked, we, we saw our posture before God, how God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. And pastor spoke strongly how it is dangerous for God to resist you. Amen. 
You, you don't have a helper if God is the one resisting you. But he gives grace to the humble. And so we, we are yearning to have a posture of humility before him and before one another. Hallelujah. The same chapter talks about how we are connecting to one another. As Christians, even humility towards one another. Hallelujah. Amen. And the different other values that we need to practice amidst ourselves. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking today especially about the body of Christ. Us. Us. The body. Everybody says the body of Christ. Say, we are the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. We are reading together. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Hallelujah. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Praise the Lord. Now, this is Apostle Paul talking. This is, this is not a new believer. This is not a, a, an immature believer talking. This is a man in the spirit. A man who has attained maturity. He's worthy to be called daddy. Muzei. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, nowadays there are many museums and daddies who are not mature. They carry titles without life. Anyway, I therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the, vo the vocation, the calling. You are called with. And he says, with all lowliness, meekness, and long-suffering. Everybody say, with all. With all. He's telling you to gather all lowliness. Gather all meekness. All that you can get, get it. And walk that way. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, let me tell you. There is so much in the church today that if we picked just this scripture and used it to judge, there are so many things that could go through the fire and be burned. Hallelujah. Amen. Because much in the church is not in lowliness. There's a lot being done in pomp and power and glories of men. Hallelujah. Amen. Nowadays I hear, you hear ministers and preachers giving themselves nicknames, especially prophets. And you see them living a flashy life. And they're intentionally doing it. And you don't see the lowliness and the meekness of Christ on them. And so many believers, because they're immature, they do not judge that that isn't Christ-likeness. In fact, many are attracted. I remember one who told me about their man 
And they were from one of the churches here in the city where we I also came from. And they told me, and they said that for them, they have now started to tithe with the other man. They are not tithing in their church. And I asked them why. And they said, man, there's prosperity there. And I asked, how do you see prosperity? Tell me how you see prosperity. And the person began to talk about the man. And how he lives. How he dresses. How the ministry is set up. What is pulling them is pomp. Hallelujah. There are so many things we are doing today in ministry that cannot stand the judgment of God's word. Lowliness and meekness and with long suffering. And then he says, forbearing one another in love. Forbearing one another in love. Verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Every child of God Every one of us is called to pursue and to endeavor to preserve the unity of the spirit through peace. Every one of us is a peacemaker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I am a peacemaker. Say, I am a peacekeeper. Hallelujah. No, none of us is supposed to be a fire maker. Huh? Mm. We're not supposed to be lighting fires among brethren. We are peacekeepers. We pursue the unity of the spirit. That is our goal. We must be endeavoring to preserve that unity. When we see something that is trying to, to stop or remove that unity, we step in as ambassadors of peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, be an ambassador of peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't be a, 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 a what? A lighter of battles. Praise the Lord. These are all um, instructions that are helping the body how to relate with one another. Verse 4. There is one body. Say it. There is one body. One body. One spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. We have to understand we are one. We are in the same body. FFC. FFC. You have come from different families. Different regions. Hallelujah. Amen. But you are now one body. Under one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope. Of your calling. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all, 
He's actually trying to tell you that there is nothing that should be dividing you. Because everything in you is the same. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Verse 11. He gave some apostles. He gave some prophets. Some evangelists. Some pastors. And teachers. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Now please follow me carefully. He has said that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, teachers, evangelists. He released graces upon the church. The purpose was the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. He's giving gifts to the body for the body to do ministry. And what are the gifts he has given the body? Apostles, uh -huh. prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. These are gifts. Gifts of grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, many times we, we, we actually get familiar with the, with the man and we forget the gift or the woman, whoever it is, whatever the prophet or the pastor or whoever it is. You can see the man and you miss the grace, the gift. Because you have known him, you have been with him, you stop seeing the gift, that gift that was given to you to equip you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. To equip you for what? For you to do the work of the ministry. The saints to do the work of the ministry. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot receive listen to me. You cannot receive from a gift you do not honor in your heart. I am a gift to you because of the grace of God upon my life. You may like me, but you may not honor me. In your heart, you know, there are people, you can be around people. They greet you, they smile, they do all these things. But when they don't truly honor the grace of God on you, you cannot receive from a grace you do not honor. And many times we can come to church and sit back. Somebody is teaching or preaching and your mind is moving. Why? Because you do not honor. 
you can afford Osobola. to give your attention Okuwa to anything else because you do not honor the grace. Faith Family Church, question is, do we honor, do we honor the leaders in this place? Do we honor the grace of God on these men and women? Ask yourself that question truly. Do you have that honor in your heart for the gifts that God has given you at Faith Family Church? I have not come to preach myself up, no. I am preaching for your benefit. Because many of you, you come to church and receive nothing. You receive nothing. You walk away saying, ah, I didn't get anything. I don't feel the service. Because you have lost honor of the gifts that God has given you. You just like them. Oh, pastor, pastor. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. And the truth of the matter is, you cannot receive from a gift you do not truly honor in your heart. When Saul was looking for donkeys, they looked for a way to honor the prophet before they asked him where the donkeys were. They looked for a way to honor the gift so that they could receive from it. Ah, Jesus, I'm sorry. I came on the wrong page of this church. <laughs> Judas Yuda. did not benefit from Jesus. Because Judas Yuda. never honored the gift Jesus was. For him, he was there to miss money. He looked at what they were giving Jesus. He he said, said, this should have been given to the poor. Why was he wishing that? Because the bag was in his hands. If that money came to the bag, Hallelujah. Amen. If somebody did something to Apostle Dennis that blew your mind, would you be jealous? Would you be jealous? Would you say, Kalelaba, how they are wasting? Or would you be among those who say, Surely, deserves it. You'd honor the gift. The reason why many are struggling to follow the servant of God in this place, they have lost honor of the grace upon his life. In fact, they are blinded. They cannot see it anymore. They can't. You may talk well and, and try and convince them they have been blinded in the spirit. They can't see it. 
And so what do they do? They turn to other avenues to hear from men they honor. And then they come here because they call it their local church. It's their local church. But they have have men and women out there. Let me tell you, you, please, for your good, Go, go where you honor. You're wasting your time here. But you see, as the Bible says that a man's heart is like a bird that wanders away from the nest and goes. Sometimes, even if you belong here, it's your heart that wandered, it went. Your heart has gone. We see your body, but your commitment, it wandered away. You're committed to other things. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please help me tell your neighbor that you cannot receive from a grace you don't honor. He walked in Capernaum. The Bible says he did very few miracles there. Why? They were busy saying, we know him. Even his brothers and sisters are here. Where does he get these words from? When God raises one among you, you better be careful lest you miss your portion of blessing from that one because you think you know them. Be a spiritual person. Know people according to the spirit. Not according to the flesh. Be spiritual. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You will walk into this place and you will see a small house building. In, in fact, as you walk in, you will wonder where is the church. You will look around and say, is there a church here? Then someone will tell you, no, go behind. You even have to go behind to find the church. Then you go behind. Then you pass behind. Then you enter the church and it's a simple place. It's a stable. Eh, like a stable. But in that stable, there are gifts that God has given the church. In that stable, there is a man called Apostle Dennis. He is a gift. He's a what? He's a gift. He's an apostle. He's a gift. For you to be able to be blessed by that gift. You know you can even be at home cooking food and you're getting blessed by that gift because of how you honor him. You don't, you don't have to be at church. You can be at home in bed 
and you are receiving blessings because you honor the man. The Bible says those who teach you the word are worthy of double honor. You can't receive from a gift you don't honor. We need to look within our hearts and ask ourselves, do we truly honor the gifts we have? Because that is going to affect how you follow. How you connect to those gifts. How you receive your inheritance. Now, the Bible says this gift that is given to you is given to equip you for ministry. If I cannot honor the gift, how will I be equipped for ministry? How? How? Everyone here who is in the body of Christ is supposed to be in ministry. Tell it to your neighbor. Help me tell it to your neighbor. Please turn to your neighbor and holla it to them. Holla, holla it to them. You know what holla means? Shout it to them. You are supposed to be in ministry. You are supposed to be in ministry because you are in the body of Christ. You are to be equipped for ministry. The challenge we have today is people who are coming to church to look for a word for them. And when they don't get it, they go back feeling bad and saying, I didn't get anything. They can't even rejoice that even if I didn't get for me, somebody got for themselves. We are so selfish. When I hear someone saying, ah, I You just came to get. You do not want someone else to get. It's not all the time that you come to church that God is speaking to you. Did you hear that? And you, you might even be in this overnight today and this word is not for you. It's not for you, but it is for someone. But the fact that you came, at least be thankful that you witnessed the word of God coming to the people. At least be thankful and supportive and pray that word through to others. Don't I didn't feel the service Selfishness, selfishness. In this will be lovers of themselves. More than lovers of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. But when you come to church, you have come into the environment where the body of Christ is. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says that every one of us is supposed to minister. Everyone is supposed to do what? To minister. Let's let's continue here and I show you something. From whom the whole bodily fitted, fitly joined together and compacted. 
by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Let me read it again in another version. From whom all the body being fitted and knit together through that which every joint supplies according to the working in measure of each individual part. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you hear that? The working of each individual part. What every joint supplies. So when I find myself in such an environment where the body of Christ is, the Bible is telling me I have to be supplied. My part, my individual part, what is your part? When you come together as believers, when you are in life group, when you are in any setting, a departmental setting, what are you supplying you as you? You as a Christian. Because the Bible says every individual part must give from its own measure. That means that you shouldn't despise your measure. Your measure must come. It shouldn't be the, you shouldn't be saying, this is so little. They tell you, say something. I have nothing to say. You are in life group. Share something. Do you have something? No, I have nothing Really? Really? Is that your measure? Nothing. Nothing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You come to church and you walk away having done no ministry no at all. No Can you imagine that? You have come to the body of the church. What the Bible calls the ecclesia. The family of God. And you walk away after two, three hours having not even ministered to one person. And that happens every Sunday. That is not supposed to be the case. Every part must be Giving its we parts. have to come to a place in the body of Christ where every believer is a working member. Every believer is releasing something. Hallelujah. Amen. Can somebody open First Peter chapter four verse ten? First Peter chapter four verse ten. Esula yakuno niro akumi. Are you there? Atusewo. Make it your memory verse. Dikwate. Make it your memory verse. Read it together. One, two, three, go. Okay. 
So now I'm, I'm going to read it also in my Bible, and then we shall read it all, all together again. My Bible says, as each has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good managers of the grace of God in its various forms. As each one has received a gift. No one sitting here is without a gift. Even Isaac has a gift. This one here, this boy. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Everyone has a word. A gift. It could be hospitality. Hallelujah. Amen. It could be what? Huh? Smiling. You know, I was one time preaching at a church. I've, I've spoken about this before. Preaching at a church of a friend of mine. And, and I had not slept that night. So I was tired. And I preached in two of their services. So after the second service, I was really finished. Physically. And so I, I'm, I'm greeting one of these ladies who's my friend in the church. And she just smiled. Pastor Ruth, the fatigue went through the towers, the toes into the ground. I got refreshed. I told the pastor, I said, this woman is anointed to smile. It's a gift. Now the Bible says, minister, employ your gift. Do you know how many Christians are in FFC? I'm I'm now because Do you know how many of your sheep have sat on their gift intentionally? Intentionally. And the Bible says that you employ it and use it as a good steward. So it's not even about Karugaba is going to follow you up. It's not about Pastor Dennis is going to look for you. It is Almighty God who gave you the gift. Who is going to look for you? What are you doing with what I gave you? You're supposed to be supplying something in the church. Do you know why the body of Christ is weak? However much we pray, we will be weak until every part of the body starts to work. Actually, you know, you have seen people who have parts of the body that don't work. Hmm. Somebody they say he has got a stroke. That the left part is not operating. Even if he was a great sportsman, stroke has come. Stroke he can't do what he knows to do. 
even if he has what talents within him, there is a part of him that has refused to work. That is how the body of Christ is. One who has believers in the church who are giving a stroke to us. They just attend meetings. But was struck. We should be operating at a higher level. But here we are. Stroke doesn't mean what is your ministry? For me, my ministry. Pastor They are paralyzing the growth of the church. Let me let tell you. God is going to do what he said he will do. Whether you are part of it or you are not part of it. He will do it. But he will give accounts. You cannot give an excuse. The Bible says, so he made a banquet and he called, come to my banquet. And he said, to, I have married a wife, I cannot come. Luke chapter 15. Another said, I have bought a piece of land. I am going to go and check it out. Another said, I have brought donkeys. I want to see how well they work. I cannot come. I cannot come, cannot come to the banquet. Don't trouble me now. I have married a wife. Murumani. Those are the excuses we give when God is calling you to fulfill your calling. The Bible says, walk worthy of your calling. Your calling in the body. You are called to serve the body. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? When the Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What do you think seeking the kingdom of God is? Seeking the kingdom of God is not seeking seeking God. Seeking the kingdom of God is building the kingdom and contributing to its building. There are only two ways you build the kingdom. Number one, which is prime. Number one, which is prime. Most important way is winning souls. And the Bible says those who do it shall shine forever like stars. That's the must primary. Secondly, it is called discipleship. Anything you do to build another believer is part of discipleship. You are building the kingdom. You are seeking the kingdom. Now you ask yourself, you, you can now judge for yourself whether you are among those who seek the kingdom. The souls you have won and the lives that you are building and edifying every day, you can see where you lie. And he says, if you seek first my kingdom, if you seek it first, before your own work, before your own family, before anything, if it is first, then, these things will be added. 
Have you seen them added? If you have not seen them added, it's it is feedback to you that you are not seeking first. Now, I'm not talking about working for the things. That is Babylon. Kingdom. They are added. Do you understand? It took only one night for slaves of Egypt to hold gold in their hands one night. One night. But do you know why they held the gold? Do you know why in that one night all of Egypt emptied its coffers to the Jews? Because of one thing, they said, we are going to worship. If God's agenda is not in our agenda, then God's blessing will become a mist for us, a mist, vapor. Vapor. Everything we have, we are going to sweat for it. Working hard for it. And after working hard and sweating, we shall be telling people, God has blessed us. There is a blessing that comes without, the Bible says, without toil. means without toil. It's a blessing that comes to those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Toil is different from hard work. Hard work is part of the kingdom. But toil is sorrowful. Sorrowful. Am I talking? Am I talking? Is the Lord speaking to your heart? Hallelujah. Amen. Time has gone. What Let me we... end with um, Colossians chapter 2. Verse 23. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Each one of us should rise up and, 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 and take our place in the body of Christ. And start to give our part. Refuse to be one of those idle parts of the body. Refuse, refuse, refuse to be an idle part. Hallelujah. Amen. Become a good steward of the grace of God. Tell that to your neighbor. Become a good steward of the grace of God. Don't sit on that grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, Colossians chapter what? Verse 1. For I desire to have you know how greatly I struggle for you and for those at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts 
may be comforted. They being knit together in love and gaining all riches of full assurance of understanding that they may know the mystery of God both of the Father and of Christ. Paul is burdened. His heart is heavy for those he has not even seen. And he's praying that their hearts may be comforted. That they being knit together in love. Everybody say knit together. Those days when we were going up, we saw our clothes being knit. Our sweaters. Our school uniforms. These days, everything we buy, right? But those days, our mothers would actually see them working on your sweater. And they are knitting it. And you can't wait to see the finished product. And when they are done, you are just so happy. You know you have put on something original. The label is mommy. Hallelujah. Knit. Knitting. Knitting. Hearts being knit together. One of the things lacking so much in the church is the knitting of hearts. I'm speaking here something very deep. But it is so strong on the heart of the Father. Hearts being knit together. And so goes that knitting. This is a prayer in the center of the heart of the Father to knit the hearts of of his people together. Many of us are in winter. You know what I mean by winter? You are in the cold alone. Your heart is standing alone. It may be your doing, it may be other people's doing. You may be part of the church, you may even have been part of the church for many years. But where you are right now, there is no heart knit with yours. That's not the will of God. That's not the will of God. You can be in the same life group and your hearts are not neat. Same department. Let me tell you, we will not see the effectual working of every part until our hearts are neat together. It is being knit in love. Knit in love. That will cause 
the whole body to be edified together. The whole faith family church. And let me tell you how this happens. This happens by those who have the revelation that God's will is for us to be knitted together. For those who understand the scriptures, you need to start moving to other hearts. Hello? You need to start. We need to start to operate in the real deep love of God. Let me preach it to your neighbor. Because as I was preaching about, we need to start operating in millionaires and billionaires. We'll be having immense. Let me preach to your neighbor about the love of God. We need to start to operate in the real deep love of God. Tell your Hallelujah. Amen. The love of God. The love of God. Faith family church. We must come back to the real bona fide love agape. Of God. That needs our hearts. One to another. No one here should experience a spiritual winter. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said through his apostle Paul, he said, Love is the most excellent way. He said that he that loves knows God. He that does not love doesn't know God. Now you are sitting there waiting for someone to come and show you love. You don't know God. That's why you are sitting waiting for them to love you. You need to get up and start loving brothers and sisters all over this church and express Jesus to them. Then we shall say you know God. Yeah, simple. Simple. If you want to say you, 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 you know him, if you want to say that you walk like him, then you're going to walk in love. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you know what the Bible says? In Ephesians, I think chapter 5, verse 32, the end of the chapter where we came from. It says that be tender-hearted one to another. Be kind tender-hearted. Everybody said Now that is, that, you know, even sometimes you'll find even a husband or a wife who's not tender-hearted to their spouse. I'm telling you, tender-heartedness is a very rare commodity to find. It is even hard to find it in a family. It is even hard to find it among siblings. Being tender-hearted, that is Christ-likeness. And the Bible commands us in the verse to be kind and tender hearted. Totally, the Bible says, be tender hearted. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. is the effort and the post of heart you are taking so that your heart can be neat to another heart. You have chosen a posture so that the other heart can find comfort with you. You are not imposing yourself as a judge or imposing yourself as a teacher or imposing yourself as a master or whatever. You are in all lowliness and meekness. You are tender-hearted. The Bible commands us to love one another affectionately. Do you know what the word affection means? Affection means the display of love. The what? The other word you use is romantic. Romantic. Because the world took those words. But Jesus yes. is the most affectionate being on earth. He is the yeah, most affectionate. Yeah, he is the most affectionate. He is the most affectionate. He is the most affectionate. And they are tender-hearted. Where is that life? In the church. Where? We have learned to come to church with our professional selves. You know our professional selves? How you behave at work is how you And you, you, you take yourself in a way that is completely contrary to the life of Christ. That someone can sit in front here. I'm giving an example. And after the service, they'll get their Bible, their Bible, whatever, and walk straight through people, not through trees. Through people and disappear. But you imagine, some of us, even when we're living work, we do better than that. You go high fiving every, every table. But in the church, I'm focused. <laughs> People talk a lot after church. What are they doing talking? What is it going on? Why? People need to learn to go home after church. Really? Really? Have you read the Bible? The book of Acts. For them, they didn't talk only. They even ate. They ate together. When did you last eat with me? Let's come back to love. Tenderheartedness. 
providing our ministries. Then you have not understood what the body of Christ is. You have not understood what the local church is. Read the book of Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4 and see. Mukama, let me let, let me help me, Lord Jesus. Help me. Let me leave these people. Let me leave these people fully convinced. If they want to argue with me, they will not. Ephesians chapter 4. I'll read from verse 29. Let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth. But only what is good for building others up as need may be. Hey, Mamanzi. Have you had that commandment? The Bible is only allowing you to talk if you are going to build up someone else. Considering Considering the need, you have to be aware. Don't just speak what you want to speak. Consider the need of your brother and sister so that when you speak, you are building them. Look at how we speak today. This is ministry. That it may give grace to those who hear. That it may give grace. Mukama. Let my mouth give grace to people who hear me. I made up my mind long ago. That if I meet somebody, the first two or three minutes, I must say something that has grace. That has been my lifestyle for a long time. Verse 30. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. This is in regard to what you should be speaking. He has already told you not no corrupt word, communication. So he's not telling you it can grieve the Holy Spirit. Then he says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outcry, slander be away from you with all malice. Hmm? Is bitterness in believers, yes. Do you know believers are the people who do not know how to forgive? They don't know. We say we know, but we don't. Because we keep grudges. Yet Jesus told us, forgive 77 times. And the Bible says, love does not keep a record of wrong. When God forgives you, you will never find the file of that sin. And God can never come another time when you are asking to forgive you. And he says, but do you remember the other time? You did it. Now you have done it. He will not tell you. 
The Bible says he casts our sins into the sea Bible of forgetfulness. But believers, they have a secret fire. A secret fire. That, that, that flash, that hard disk that they keep in the handbag. And it has the things they don't want to forget. And the moment they hear anything you say again about them, they bring out the hard disk. And they say, for me, that person, even the other time, let me tell you, we who say we walk in the light, how come that the light is dodging us? How come? We who say we are of the light, how come we don't even know how to walk in love? That That to forgive somebody somebody and have a clear heart, a clean conscience towards that person and feel the love of God flow towards them, not resentment, but the love of God to feel that in your heart. Why is that rare? That when somebody hurts you, that relationship beginning from that day, a great divide, as time goes, they also go wider. What about somebody hurts you and a person ends up to become your best friend. Do you understand? This is the reason why Paul wrote the letter of Philemon. Because Philemon Philemon had his master. He ran away. And Philemon received that man as though you are receiving me. He wanted to teach Philemon the Christian reconciliation. You forgive and you forget. And you reconcile. Your hearts become lit again. Huh? Not these things. I forgive, but... And then... I'm sorry, you people, with all due respect to all of you brothers and sisters in the Lord, I don't say this to undermine, to despise any brother or sister, but we people, we need to grow. Somebody walks up and says, I'm tired of that place. And they're they can't let go of what happened. And we say we know love. Do we know love? Are you sure you know love? I was at Makere University. Hmm? A young lady began a rumor about Andrew Chisaka. A rumor that if it was to some of you, you would get a javelin and go and spear her. And you'll be glad you're doing the work of God. This lady 
began to speak good enough the words reached a lady who was my niece in the university thank God for people who are honest and truthful instead of hearing and getting mesmerized and moving with the word she came straight to me said what are you doing I said what what are you doing? And she began to narrate everything and I was doing. And I said, where has this come from? And she told me. So and so told her. So so told her. Ah, I said, oh, okay. okay. So I began to call that other lady. And she refused to come. She refused to come. A number of times. Until I left campus. Nachita. One day I'm sitting at the reception and I see this young lady walking and she's coming. My God. My heart leaped for joy. It was not me. It was agape. I got up people and be known to myself. I walked out so happy. I literally gave that girl a big hug. I told I'm so happy to see you. You know what happened? Right out there, she cried. She wept. She couldn't believe it. She knew the damage she had done to my name. And she knew she was going to come to beg a man of God, please, Your things I said were not true. She found agape. Agape. Love that covers a multitude of sins. And I brought her in. We sat, we talked. Nothing about what happened. And I blessed and I released her. Some of these people become my most loyal friends in life. Most loyal. Why? Winning a brother. Winning a brother. When you win a brother. When you win a brother. The Bible says a brother offended. You'd rather take a city. Can't fight a city than do what? Offending a brother. When you win one. Is one. And agape wins people. We need to start to practice the true love of God in our midst. Hallelujah. Amen. And love sometimes overlooks certain wrongs done to you. The Bible says, love is not easily wronged. Hallelujah. Love is not easily angered. True love. Some people think God is up there with a big stick. He's waiting. Anything you do, what are you doing? No, love is not easily angered. If God said that in his word, you think he's less of that. And if you have love, you're not easily angered. 
Tell your neighbor, if you have love, you are not easily angered. Let me put it in the words of this generation. People don't easily piss you off. They don't. If they piss you off, there's something terribly wrong with your spiritual makeup. You have not been perfected in certain values of your spiritual growth. And it makes you need to go back to the Savior and cry out to him and say, God, because people irritate me easily. You think Jesus was irritated by people? You think Jesus ever said that woman irritates me? For you, even your gate man irritates you. The security guard irritates you. The taxi people irritate you. Everyone irritates you. Ask yourself, is agape in your life? The Bible says, in all loneliness of mind, with all meekness, with all endurance, Forbearing one another in love. And even if you it will be just depending on your level of endurance in love. You don't just write off people. God doesn't. God doesn't just write off people. Hallelujah. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3. That your hearts may be knit together in love. In Jesus name. I want you to close your Bible. Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. That they may be one. Even as we are one. Take only two minutes. In those two minutes, confess, acknowledge, repent, and pray for unity, for oneness, and for love. And do that earnestly. Earnestly, because there are only two minutes. Everybody start to pray. Repent, confess, and intercede for the prayers of Jesus that we may walk in love our hearts knit together as a ministry as a church as a body of Christ knit together knit together pray, pray, pray and pray for anything that you can remember that this house of God this family shall honor the gifts of God in this house Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, have mercy. Oh, have mercy, oh, have mercy. Oh, have mercy, oh, have mercy, Father. You died, oh God. You laid down your life that we also may lay our lives down for others.
you laid down your life, O oh God, that we also may do the same, O oh God. Forgive us, Father, for the way that, Lord, we have not understood and misconstrued this work of love, this life of love, O oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, may you reinstate us back to the love of God. Father, O oh Sendabalah, bring us to the full understanding and the full riches of this life. In the name of Jesus, O oh God. Father, O oh God, unite our hearts, O oh God. Unite our hearts, O oh God. Unite our hearts in love, O oh Lord. In the love of your dear Son. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, O oh God. Departments, O oh God. Life groups, O oh God. As a ministry, as a church. Everywhere, my Father. As a local body, my Father. Every part functioning. Every individual becoming a good steward of the grace of God in this place. My Father. My Father. Position us back in the flow of life. In the alignment of love, in the bakoto rosata katakapa, and the bakatare azimantari bakotanda baka, jepanda bakata rosa, repanda bakato rosa, repando katanda bakata, rasa parota labaka, obranda labakata. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Heal Faith Family Church. This shall be an oasis of love. This shall be a house. Father, where the Father's heart is revealed, oh God. This shall be a house of a real family, of a true family. No child of God in this house shall experience winter, shall be alone, my Father. Bind us together with cords of love. That cannot be broken, my Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Bind us together. Oh, my Father. In the unity of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Have mercy and forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Oh, oh my Father. You said we love one another fervently. Out of a pure heart. Let it be so, my Father fervently, affectionately. Oh, my Father, out of a pure heart, we decree it, my Father. We speak healing and restoration in faith, family, church, and in the body of Christ. In these matters of this life of love, in the name of Jesus, oh God of heaven, we also want to lift up the gift of an apostle, the gift of a pastor that you have given to us as a church. Forgive us in any way we have dishonored the gift. Forgive us in any way, my Father, we have despised the gift. We have looked down upon the gift. My Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that our hearts will be filled with honor, with appreciation, with true love for this gift, O oh God. That we may be able, my Father, to continue to lift him and to receive, O oh my Father, that which we are supposed to receive for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Lord, we want to give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Father. Thank you, Lord. Please hold the hands. Let's hold our hands all together. Just across the rows. 
Reach out to our neighbor everywhere. In Jesus' name. Love one another affectionately and fervently out of a pure heart. Father, break down the walls that divide us. Break down the walls that divide us. Break down the walls that divide us. Break down the false judgments. Break down the false criticisms. Break down the false perceptions. Break down everything that divides us. If it's our immaturity, deal with it, Father, and bring us out of it. Oh God, unite FFC. Unite us 2023. Let there be a new life. Let there be a new paradigm. As we hand, as we love one another in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let there be a new paradigm. My Lord, I pray that as one man we shall serve you. As one man we shall walk together. As one man, oh Father, your will shall be done in our midst. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together. Bind us together. Bind us together with love. Bind us, bind us together, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, bind us together, bind us together with love. Everyone in this room say in the name of Jesus. We speak into our days to come. We speak into our destiny as a church. We speak into our life. And we declare that we are one man. One body. One faith. One spirit. One father. Of all. And we declare today that every separation, every division, everything that creates a distance, let it be removed by the power of his blood. And we ask you, Father, that you'll make our hearts tender to one another that our hearts would be affectionate in the Lord Jesus Christ that we shall love one another and serve one another as good stewards of the grace of God this we declare even in 2023 from this day in Jesus name we seal it we seal it it has been revealed and therefore it is done and it is sealed in Jesus name Amen Amen, Amen. and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and evermore Amen